With the Republican National Convention now less than a week away, a new round of polls has come out providing us with a snapshot of where America stands. In a survey of a thousand unlikely voters, 32% said they would prefer Donald Trump as President of the United States, 47% said they would prefer him as the MC of Celebrity Match Game, and 12% said they would prefer him with a shrimp fork stuck repeatedly into his cheek. In a survey of 500 people rowing an inner tube to Cuba in search of a better life, 28% said they have full and complete faith in Hillary Clinton's honesty. The same 28% said they had just bought a partial interest in the Brooklyn Bridge, and 14% said they had personally shaken hands with Hillary Clinton, and now they couldn't find their wristwatch. In a survey of 700 people, all related to one another through a woman named Darlene, 78% said the state of the nation was getting worse, 53% said they approved of the job Barack Obama was doing, and 82% weren't sure what job Barack Obama was doing, but said he looked like a very nice young man, and they were sure he was doing great. Pollsters who questioned 18 people who happened to all be named Morgenstern found that 60% feel that the Justice Department should indict Hillary Clinton. 31% say the department should just dump a bucket of water on her head, causing her to melt away. And 7% say the Justice Department is powerless against Clinton unless Daenerys Targaryen teams up with Jon Snow to defeat her horrific armies of the dead. In a poll of 1,000 people who watched Fox News, 79% said they were looking forward to a Trump presidency, but hoped he would still have time to host Hannity. When pollsters explained that Trump and Hannity were actually two different people, the respondents were relieved, since that meant he'd be able to host the show and be president at the same time. In a poll of 80 people engaged in a running gun battle with police through the streets of Baton Rouge, 42% said Black Lives Matter. 37% said black lives were worth 10 points each, and 1% said the question was one of metaphysical ontology that couldn't be settled by objective reasoning, but then perhaps they had wandered into the wrong classroom. And finally, in a survey of 200 performance artists doing a flash mob reading of Long Day's Journey into Night with Hand Puppets, 94% said the country was headed in the wrong direction. 51% said we ought to stop and ask for the right direction. 49% said they didn't need to ask for directions. They knew where they were going. 51% said don't be so stubborn. You're totally lost. Just admit it. 49% said stop nagging me, damn it. I've done this a thousand times. And 51% said you always have to play the big man and you just make yourself look ridiculous. 49% muttered something under their breath, but we couldn't make out what it was. The convention begins Monday. May God have mercy on our souls. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. <laughs> All, right. All right, this is already the greatest show ever. We have Larry Gatlin here of the Gatlin Brothers. Hey, hey classic country music. You know, we're watching in real time, we're watching the, the left seize the narrative away from the dishonesty of Hillary Clinton, the corruption of the Democrat Party, to this bogus thing about Black Lives Matter, this, this terrific crisis they're causing. It's so great that there are people on the right now trying to take control of the narrative. And one of them is our pal Dinesh D'Souza. He has made a new movie. He's got a new movie out. If you listen to the book that the movie is based on, you'll hear me narrating it. And in spite of the fact that they put Dinesh in virtually in prison because of the last movie he made, he's got a new movie out called Hillary's America. It opens in two weeks. Just take a quick look at the trailer. It all began when the Obama administration tried to shut me up. You know, gang's all about stealing, man. What did I learn? All crime is about stealing. The big criminals are still at large. Didn't uh, see any reason to keep them. The system doesn't go after them. Because they run the system. It's time to go behind the curtain 
and discover the soul of the Democratic Party. Fifty lashes. The Democrats support slaves. This Civil Rights Act will allow colored men to sit at the same table beside the white guests. Tammany Hall Democrats who are now furnishing arms to the Ku Klux Klan. To the Democratic Party. Why has all this been swept under the rug? To cover the tracks of the Democratic Party. And those were just, that was just footage from last week, I think. That there were, <laughs> so at the end of this. <laughs> at the end of this film, there is a terrific new song written especially for this by, you wrote it, right? It's your, it's your production. I did. Okay. I wrote it's called, it, the brothers and I sang it. My, uh, uh, my band played it. But as a little disclaimer, do you remember the guy who was Ross Perot's running mate, the vice presidential guy? Remember they got on the, the uh, when they had the uh, debate and all that stuff, they finally got to this guy. Yeah. And he just looking like, like a deer, you know, in the head. He said, I guess you're wondering why I'm here. I really don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm doing. I kind of feel like that. You're like a one-man wrecking crew. You don't. You don't really need me. I appreciate you letting me tag along. I think we need to get your lips rotated about over 40,000 words. I mean, this was just nonsense. No, it's a great song. Stand well, up thank you. I, yeah. I appreciate Dinesh. When we talked, we just, a friend of mine, John Seaman, uh, entrepreneur, wonderful uh, golfing buddy of mine in Denver, told me about Dinesh 15, 20 years ago, about the, the books, about his writing right. before he was, you know, doing the, the film stuff. And I'd listen to uh, books on tape, you know, when we were traveling to golf dates and uh, golf outings, and John would uh, uh, tell me about him. So I have known of his work. Then the first two, you know, the Obama's Rage thing, and then right. the uh, America. America, what would the world uh, be without like America? America? And so when a mutual friend of ours uh, introduced me to him at breakfast one morning, uh, we just, they made a mistake. <laughs> they uh, they started asking me what I thought about Crapola. Yeah. And, uh, I told them. And you're shy about these things. Yes, you I really you know. am. Well, I tell <laughs> you're people, a reticent guy. I, I am. I'm hesitant <laughs> to offer an opinion. But uh, I tell people, you don't have to be full of crap to be in show business, but it really helps. And you are the epitome. They ought to put, put your shiny little head right there on the illustrated dictionary, you know, beside that. But, you know, just a little good, we, we can't say bull. Yeah, you know, so we say bovine droppings. So, uh -huh. <laughs> good little West Texas bovine droppings, and we had a, a great time. We bonded, you know, on a political, a spiritual, uh, philosophical level. And he said, "Would you write me a song?" So, uh, for the movie, you know, about Hillary, told me what it was about, and uh, I went home that day. And it took about fifteen minutes because all the, all the info, is there. Yeah, you know, uh, Gertrude Stein said that if you sit down to write a song or a novel for money, you're no longer writing. She also said, if you plan it, you're no longer writing. Sit down and write, and write it. And it came out, and you're dying to hear some of it, aren't you? I, I'm dying to hear some of it. It's so good. I literally, <laughs> now, it doesn't mean I didn't tweak it some, but the basic... The, old Chinese custom. <laughs> to to your guitar. I, I knew, I have to say, as a novelist who takes two years to finish something, the idea that you finish something in 15 minutes and it's that good is really annoying. I just want you Well, to... it's three minutes long. Novels are 300 pages. Give yourself some slack. So I just, I just pictured in my my brain uh, her Hillariness, which is 
you know, pretty shocking. Yeah, this is a tough you know, one, just, yeah. okay. And I just, I've got so sick and tired of hearing, I've got so sick and tired of listening to what you've got to say. I decided I just got to stand up and say, so sick and tired of being, sick and tired of being, sick and tired of being treated this way. So I made my choice. It's kind of high for this time of the morning. <laughs> made my choice, gonna raise my voice. Let's see what there's another key. I've got so sick and tired of hearing what you got to say. I decided I just got to stand up and say so. Sick and tired of being, sick and tired of being, sick and tired of being treated this way. So I raised my voice. I made the choice. Gonna, it's time for you to stand up and go. You know who you are. You lie and so and so and so. I'm gonna stand up and say so. You know? That's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so, my favorite, I know you're lying because your lips are. Oh, I already did that part. <laughs> but uh, you know, but the thing, but the thing is, somebody comes to you and, and asks you to write a song for a political movie. And it's a very political movie, right. very powerful. But you wrote a, a really good song. I mean, it's a song that people can walk out of the theater singing and whistling. And that, one of the things that drives me crazy about conservatives in the culture is they're so often hitting the nail right on the head instead of entertaining, instead of doing what you're doing. And do you think about that when you sit well, down? Well, it hurts just... my feelings that you sound surprised. <laughs> no, I mean, that's no, what I do. Yeah, that's it, what is, we it do. is what you do. Is I it, know, write yeah. a song. Okay, yeah. throw me in that briar patch. It's okay, write yeah, a song. Yeah. Well, I've had a lot of great teachers, you know, uh, someone who's from the other side of the spectrum, my dear friend Chris Christopherson. You know, I think just because I don't like someone's politics does not mean I'm not going to go see their movie. Right. I can, you know, so take that away. Chris said, uh, wait a second. Uh, Night, nightmares are somebody's daydreams. Daydreams are somebody's lies. Lying's much harder than telling the truth. Truth is a perfect disguise. So I just got in the key of D and told the truth about, uh, you know. Does, does it does it hurt you professionally to be an open? I mean, you were really open when I, I was kidding around when I said you were shy. You were really. Oh, you bold. were. <laughs> oh, you were. Yeah. I just you ought just, to get just, yourself like a TV show, <laughs> blog thing, whatever. Just in case people didn't know, didn't you know. know that. But but you, I mean, you are boldly outspoken. You were talking at the uh, premiere last night. We all went to the premiere. And you are boldly outspoken on your feelings about Hillary Clinton. It was hard not to know what you thought. Does that hurt you? I mean, no, you know I can't be fired. <laughs> I just can't be fired. There are going to be friends and neighbors out there in the, the hinterlands, especially in flyover country. They're going to come here, the Gatlin brothers, no, no matter what, because they love our music. Now, the fact is that our demographic is basically, look that up, Fresno, <laughs> demographic. It means the people who come. Okay. Uh, oh, I, I gotta pray. I love Fred. <laughs> so, so I'm back. We allow uh, that on the show. It's yes, right, it's right. okay. <laughs> but in, not in the White House. Um, but it, they agree with me. But even if they didn't, see, it, some of them might leave. And look, we, Andrew, we don't go into a show to be blatantly political. The people don't want to hear that. They want to hear all sure. oh, the gold. You know, they want to hear the hits. And so that's what we do. Recently, you know, I've got a new song called I'm an American with a Remington. It's not about politics. It's about the Second Amendment right to protect myself if a bad guy comes into our show and tries to kill me, my band, or the people who paid hard-earned money to right. come hear us. So 
but but at this late date in my career with, with Fox, with people like you, with interviews and stuff, I've never held back on that. A lot of my fellow entertainers in Nashville, they have managers. I don't. I have a wife. <laughs> She's the only one who tells me what to do. So what, what about other, other people when you say you're friends with Chris Christopherson? Does the politics ever get in the way? No, I tell them it's not about that. I love the man. I think he's the greatest uh, lyricist in Terrific the history lyricist. of the English yeah, language. Uh, and he's my old friend. See, Chris and I are good examples of how it should be able to be that we could get together and have a civil conversation because we can, we have something, we can coalesce, we can gather around the words. We, I keep hearing this drivel about, we've got to come together. There's nothing in our society around which we can come together. Yeah. Because uh, Gutfeld, and I wrote one the other day that I can't, but it'll be out soon, but I went to him with an idea, idea and it's very simply, black lies, Matter. <laughs> okay. Good, good luck with that, Larry. That's uh, all. <laughs> but we're gonna do. So I told him that, and he went off on a tangent, and I can't do that because we got to get it cleared with Fox, and it's gonna, we're going to put that out. But that it started from there. When you start, when your premise is a lie, there's nothing I can come together with you. That's right. That's about. right. About yeah. hands up, don't shoot, is a lie. We can't get together on that. Yeah. Black intellectuals, Thomas Sowell and, and uh, uh, Gates, what was it? They're not, not going to, even, even very intellectual, well-spoken, educated people can't really get together from left and right because they shoot past each other. So when you get, with all due respect, we now have no information and low information voters, <laughs> yeah. as many of them on the right as we had on the left, who we complain about, you know, electing uh, Democratic uh, presidents and congressmen for all these years. So I, I can no longer afford the luxury of uh, holding back. In our shows, no, I don't say what I would say on your show. They paid for something else. We'll sing a song about patriotic about America, and we'll sing the song... Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, this is a capo. What that means is I can only play in two keys without it. You gutless, worthless coward, you say I must convert or die. Well, you're gonna have to kill me. Least you're gonna have to try. Do Lexington and Concord mean anything to you? How about Bunker Hill or San Juan Hill or the island of Peleliu? You're not the first who's ever tried to kill me. What makes you say, what makes you think that I will turn and run? I just want to live in peace, but you come after my family. You'll be staring down the barrel of my gun, because I'm an American with a Remington. Oh, I love that. Oh, I know how to that's use it, and my wife can outshoot me. Great song, so, to yeah. whatever extent, that's not political. People make it political. That is simply the right of a husband, father, brother, grandfather, human being, friend, citizen of America to not have to throw my watch at some <laughs> yeah. who wants to harm me. Was, was there a point in your life, in your career, where you just thought this, some, something has crossed the line, I have to start speaking out, I have to start talking? Well, first of all, it's, it's worse now than it's ever been. And yeah. maybe that's not true. It, 
you know, we've had crime. I mean, Jack the Ripper was a bad dude. <laughs> you know, uh, people said it's, all, it's, it's worse than it's ever been. Uh, Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her daddy 40 whacks. When she saw what she has done, gave her mother 41. There have been people killing each other in gruesome way. What we have is your show. We have 24-7, 365, 24-hour a day. If it bleeds, it leads. You know, we so we are more aware of it now. Uh, starting out, that is not where it was. At, at, at this point in my life, I always felt, uh, I've always been a conservative. I've always believed that there was something called right and wrong. I didn't always do it, yeah. <laughs> but I always knew it in the back of my, of my mind. You know, Dr. Dr. Alan Bloom in, in uh, the, the uh, Closing of the American Mind, he said there's one thing a professor can be assured of when he walks into the classroom and asks the question, is there any such thing as right or wrong? 90% of them say no. How do we come together if, if we don't have any, and he says it's the Judeo-Christian ethic. Take Hammurabi's code if you want to. Take uh, the Magna Carta. Take the Girl Scout handbook. Let's take that and coalesce, you know. Uh, it says do good to your neighbor, be good to your community. You know, some things we can agree on. But now it it may not be worse, but we see it 24-7. And I just could no longer uh, sit there and not do something. So, friends and neighbors, when you come to a Gatlin Brothers show, you're going you're gonna to hear eight number one songs that I wrote, thank God, mostly in the key of G. <laughs> I made a lot of money in the key of G. <laughs> the key of G's been good to me and my family. The old Nashville picker swear the G is the people's key. But I lost a lot of Grammys in the key of G. <laughs> uh, so they're going to hear hits. They're going to hear American with a Remington. They're going to hear a patriotic song. Uh, who are those great people? We fed more people. We've clothed more people. We've brought more uh, people out of poverty than any nation in the history of the world. And all the people on the left can do is tell me and the rest of us how awful we are because we're not willing to pay 50% of our hard-earned money to pay for some goofy bastard who will get up off of his or her ass from the couch eating Twinkies and drinking Budweiser smoking camels and go get a job. Now, I don't say it exactly like that in the show. It's more like, our father. But, but Do you like me so far? Let's not attack okay. Are you kidding? Okay. You're the best. This is the best show we've ever done. But all right, but we're going to have to throw you off because we're going to have to leave Facebook and come and go off, uh, go off live. Before you go, my favorite song of yours is She Used to Be Somebody's Baby. Is Are that... you the one that bought that record? <laughs> Let me call the guys. Tell us. Is that a country song? Is that technically a yeah, country song? Yeah, but just what country? I don't <laughs> know. I never sit down to try to do that. Yeah. You know, did, did we talk about Gertrude Stein a while ago? We did. Yeah. When she says you plan it, yeah. you're not right. I just, I saw some, uh, what, what child, is it Pierre Gant, Peter and the Wolf, where the instruments play. Yeah, yeah, it's Peter and the Wolf. Peter and the Wolf. Yeah. I saw some commercial, and and like the elephant's trunk turned into a, a horn or something. Do 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 do, and the other do 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 do, and it wasn't really Peter and the Wolf, but it was something like it was right. a commercial. And when he did that, I stole that do 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 do. So <laughs> uh, she used to be some somebody's baby. She used to be some somebody's world. She used to be some somebody's lady. She used to be some somebody's world. 
Good evening and welcome to Disney World. And before you start acting like king of the mountain, you better hear one thing, Jack. Somebody wants her back. Somebody wants her back. This was a big hit when your mother was in the third grade. <laughs> <laughs> so go and Google. Google. I love Brothers. this song. It's a, oh, great, yeah. it's a great song, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, yeah. So, um, well, it was a top 40 record. It wasn't a big hit like most of the others I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> these showbiz guys, you know, you bring them out. <laughs> anyway, it's you great. You had no idea. <laughs> what I was you stepping had into. No I, had, I, I had a clue, actually. <laughs> Listen, the picture is great. Hillary's America opens oh, in two weeks. We should have talked more. We should talk. We should talk. Yeah, he, he does a great. What? You know, you shouldn't hang out with ex cons like Dinesh. You know, you're a young man. You want to have a good influence in your well, life. I'm you know, probably a future ex con <laughs> myself. It's like, I'd like you to meet my future ex-wife. Uh, no, uh, ex-cons, uh, you know, they threw John the Baptist in jail. <laughs> I, I heard, He yeah, said some good it. things. They, they threw uh, uh, the master teacher of the Lord Christ in prison. I've been uh, to Caiaphas' house in Jerusalem where they threw him in the pit. Uh, they've thrown a lot of people. Because they had the huevos rancheros, Boy, that'll get me in trouble. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, I didn't mean to say that. You know, the way the cojones, to tell the truth, there are always going to be people who will fight against the truth. But again, the book says it'll make you free. Uh, you're entitled to your own opinion, but not your own facts. The fact is, there are more people in poverty than when uh, Barack Obama was uh, crowned. Uh, there are more people out of work. There are more food stamps. Uh, who's the guy from Oklahoma? I'll close with the young congressman years ago, the black dude. J.C. Well, you know, my wife has gotten me that ginkgo biloba for my memory. <laughs> I can't forget to <laughs> take, take the damn it, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> J.C. stood up right after he'd been sworn in. He said, let us not measure our compassion by how many people we have on welfare. Rather, let us measure our compassion by how few. Right. That is the fact. Now we have more because they can't get jobs. Uh, I know this. I know this for a fact. Lord Kane's drivel has never worked in the history of the world. And Dr. Art Laffer's curve works every day. <laughs> Lower some taxes, give me some more money, and I'll hire some people. So uh, I'm going to say it in this forum. Uh, not like that in the shows. They want to hear the hits. So, uh, you know, Roger Miller said one time, said a lot of people are coming to my shows dressed as empty seats. So <laughs> that happens on occasion also. But I'm going to keep doing it. It's what I do. Yeah. So, yeah. and nice people like you who uh, will probably be fired uh, after yeah, yeah, this Yeah, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> but we can do a little road show. We get Gutfeld, Dinesh, we have a little That's quartet, true. you know. <laughs> anyway, it's great to talk to you. I appreciate you coming on and the movie is great and the song is great. I just think you did a great job. Thank you. God bless you. God bless Dinesh. Hold him by the nose and kick him in the rear. All right. <laughs> I will if you will. <laughs> Thanks very much. And goodbye. Oh, we're gonna are we gonna stay on Facebook? Oh, we're gonna stay on Facebook for a few more minutes, all right? Thank you very much. God bless. We'll Thank you. <laughs> so let's That's the most manic twelve minutes of my life. Lick your Valium Gavin. Don't take one, just lick it. So while we're talking, Obama is on his way to Dallas uh, to, to pour oil or alcohol on the troubled flames of that city. It's like, thanks, Barack. You know, thanks. You've done enough. 
they are continuing to work as we work to, to skew the narrative back toward the truth. They continue to work to do, to upset the country. You know, yesterday, David Brown, who's now become my new all-American hero, the, the police chief of Dallas, he came out and just direct, directly uh, addressed the idea of what, what it's like for him and what he feels as a policeman dealing with the troubles that Barack Obama has, has started. Take a look. I go back to I'm a person of faith. I believe that I'm able to stand here and discuss this with you is uh, a testament to God's grace and his sweet, tender mercies, just to be quite honest with you, uh, because uh, what we're doing, what we're trying to accomplish here is above challenging. It, it is, we're asking cops to do too much in this country. We are. We're just asking us to do too much. Every societal failure we put it off on the cops to solve. Not enough mental health funding. Let the cop handle it. Not enough drug addiction funding. Let's give it to the cops. Here in Dallas, we got a loose dog problem. Let's have the cops chase loose dogs. It, it, you know, schools fail. Give it to the cops. 70% um, of the African American community is being raised by single women. Let's give it to the cops to solve that as well. That's too much to ask. Policing was never meant to solve all those problems. And I just ask for other parts of our democracy, along with the free press, to help us. To help us uh, and not put that burden all on law enforcement to resolve. He's the kind of man who's been carrying America uh, and possibly every good country on his shoulders uh, since time began and clearly burned out clearly pushed to the absolute limits uh, by this desperate need the left has to tell us that we're victims, to tell us that we have no power, to tell us that it's other people who are going to save us. Jason Riley uh, of the Manhattan Institute, uh, which is where they publish City Journal, is in the Wall Street Journal today. He says, like others on the political left, Mr. Obama has made a habit of minimizing or ignoring the high black crime rates that obviously underlie tensions between poor minority communities and cops. More than 95% of black shooting deaths don't involve the police, which would seem to undercut the notion that trigger-happy cops are hunting black men. Sadly, rates of murder, rape, robbery, assault, and other violent crimes are 7 to 10 times higher among blacks than among whites, but liberals who don't want to alienate black voters go to great lengths to explain away this behavior and focus instead on police conduct. Yes, Mr. Obama has denounced what happened in Dallas, but he has also been winking at a Black Lives Matter movement that has spent the past two years holding rallies that call for and sometimes feature violence against the cops. You know, the point here is never, ever to pick on the poor, no matter what color they are. The uh, dysfunction in poor communities, by the way, which is exactly the same in black communities as it is in white communities. It's exactly the same in French communities and in English communities, the uh, dysfunction of uh, out-of-wedlock births, of, of people taking drugs or alcohol. Uh, these things happen in ev every place where people are poor and, of course, lead to crime. But they are not solved by blaming the guy that you send in to do the work. And, and let me show you something. Let me just show you something. Al Sharpton from 1992. Let's, let's not forget that our president comes from a radical background that the press basically buried. The Jeremiah Wrights of it all, that they buried the terrorist heirs uh, that he hung out with, that they buried, that they just didn't want anybody to see. This is the face of radicalism. Here is... Uh, um, 
Al Sharpton Jr. in 1992 at, in New Jersey calling for the killing of police. All of you and new lovers, all the parents and lovers, all of them doing the die, all of them fighting these necessary Negroes in plain field. I didn't see them stand up and do nothing. Oh, brother, I don't believe in marching. I don't believe in that. I believe in offering the pigs. Well, they got pigs out here. You ain't off one of them. <laughs> what I believe in, I do. Do what you believe in. Right. Or shut up and admit you've lost your courage and your guts to stand up. Right. I believe in fight. Well, fight then. Ain't nobody holding you. Walk <laughs> off the man. Walk off. the crackers walk right around here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody ever told you I'd knock the gun out your hand. I show the picture of uh, Sharpton and Obama. Uh, Al Sharpton has been a frequent visitor to the White House. Uh, Obama has given him uh, a lot of credibility and a lot of authority in this kind in these kinds of issues. He's got a he's, has he still got his talk show on MSNBC? I think he does. You know, <laughs> and, and the idea is that somehow this is the past and it's all different now. Uh, you know, a, a Republican spits on the sidewalk in 1952, and it's like a scandal forever. Mitt Romney, you know, m maybe teases a kid in high school, and it's a scandal forever. But these guys have left behind a trail of tears and violence and angry rhetoric and ugly, ugly uh, rhetoric about the police. And now, when it's all coming to fruition, it's suddenly not their fault. Suddenly, he's the leader of a country. He's going to bring us all together. He's going to go. You know, uh, uh, Ben uh, Shapiro wrote a piece today. Uh, I'm not sure if it was for us, for Daily Wire, or for National Review, in which he said when, when he gets to Dallas, the police ought to turn their backs on him. I agree. I think that, uh, you know, he, he really, he really, look, he, obviously the guy is not to blame for a madman who's a sniper, but he really is to blame for the divisions that are coming out. And I just want to remind you before we go, uh, what what the narrative is taking us away from, all right? It, they're taking us away from, A, the narrative, of course, of Hillary Clinton's lies, you know, but also Barack Obama's lies, you know? Remember when Barack Obama came out with his Iran deal and how we were terrorists, we were Republicans who opposed it, were making common cause with the radical Islamics? The, Brett Stevens has a column today talking about the German intelligence, which has revealed that the Iranians are tr have doubled their efforts, redoubled their efforts to get uranium, you know, for nuclear weapons and the to procure um, stuff for their missile technology. So they're building all the stuff that Obama said they weren't going to build. And meanwhile, meanwhile, Obama is trying to get Iran into the World Trade Organization, which means we'll never be able to put sanctions back on them again. Because once they're in the World Trade Organization, they can sue you if you put sanctions on them. So. To put it in, uh, in Brett Stevens' words, he says, um, Mr. Obama says Iran is honoring the nuclear deal, but German intelligence tells us Tehran is violating it more aggressively than ever. He promised, Obama promised snapback sanctions in the event of such violations, but the U.S. is operating as Iran's trade promotion agent. He promised unprecedented inspections, but we're not permitted to inspect sites where uranium was found. He promised an eight-year ban on Iran's testing of ballistic missiles, but Tehran violated that ban immediately and repeatedly with 
only mild pushback from the West. He promised that the nuclear deal was not about normalizing relations with a rogue regime, but he wants it in the WTO. I mean, this is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with this empire of lies, this kind of cover-up, this cover-up. You know, we keep hearing uh, in the left-wing uh, press, if you read the New York Times, a former newspaper, you'll hear them talking about, oh, you know, all these people are on insurance, uh, who weren't on insurance before. No talk about the skyrocketing um, uh, premiums that Obama told us were going to go down. He told us they were going to go down. No, no word anymore about the lies about you can keep your doctor. All these lies, all these lies. And of course, Hillary with the lies about her email server. You know, I, I just want to remind those of you who have been with the show from the beginning that I, uh, I, I said a long time ago that the FBI was never going to indict her over her emails because it didn't rise to the level of something of a of a snake pit they wanted to get into. It was not something that they th they were going to go after because it wasn't bad enough, but they might indict her <coughs> for what she was hiding when she hid those emails, which is selling government services. She has been selling the government services uh, in giving uh, approval to deals that she liked, in, in funneling uh, charity money into her own pockets. So there's still more to come, but those lies are what we are being diverted from. That's what this narrative is about. This narrative about Black Lives Matter is really about the fact, I mean, Larry said Black Lives Matter, but white lies matter. And, th and these are not little white lies. These are big white lies. All right, stuff I like. Uh, great works of literature you can read in a couple of hours. If you've never read, there, there are certain books that you think you've read because you just know the name, or you think you've seen the movie because you know the name. The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson, obviously one that everybody thinks he's, at least he knows the story. This is one of the, it's, this novel takes you maybe an hour to read. And Robert Louis Stevenson was one of the great adventure story writers who ever lived. I mean, his, his uh, short story, The Body Snatchers, is brilliant. But The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is unparalleled. And it's just simply a story of a guy who says, he says, you know, there's a bad side to people and a good side to people. What if you could separate them? What if you could take them apart and then you wouldn't have sin anymore? You wouldn't have original sin anymore. And of course, we all know it blows up in his face, but the way it's told, the way the story is told is so brilliant and so different. And as I say, it's a, an amazingly entertaining book that you can read in a couple of hours and then you can pretend that you're smarter than you are, right? So that's, that's what I do, so it, it works, works for me, you know? All right, great show. I wish I, if I could, if I, you know, if I could ever be convinced to sell my soul, it would be able to play an instrument like that. Because <laughs> you know? it's just such a great thing to be able to do. Larry Gatlin, great guest. Go and see in a couple of weeks uh, Dinesh D'Souza's picture comes out, uh, Hillary's America. Uh, really, he needs the support because, uh, you know, they, they put him in jail last time. This time they could execute him. So we want to make sure that at least he dies with some money in his pocket. I'm Andrew Claven. This is The Andrew Claven Show. Come back again tomorrow and we will do it again.